Hey everybody, welcome back to the Middle Age Sports Spectacular. I'm your host, Dave Plazic. I'm joined this week by just one of the illustrious trio, Patrick Cullen. Pat, how you doing? Doing wonderful. How are you, Dave? Oh, fantastic. Couldn't be better. We're back from a five-week hiatus. We decided to take a break because we started a sports show when there wasn't any sports. And then when sports started to happen, we said, oh man, we need a break. So we took a break. <laughs> a lot of fantasy not really drafts. The, it's not really the reason. A lot of stuff going on in life. We took a little mental break, gathered ourselves, but we're back. We're ready to talk about sports. And we got a lot to go, lot to go over. A lot of fun stuff happening. Yeah. You know, and before I read off my fun fact and get this going, I just want to say, you know, COVID has been pretty disastrous on many levels and depressing and all sorts of things. But when 9-11 just passed and it reminded me, I don't know if you saw anything on Twitter about the, the games that happened in New York right after 9-11. Oh, I remember. But I, I, it, I, re I remember because Mike Piazza hit that huge home run off the Braves. And as a Braves oh. fan, it was tough because, right, it's the rival Mets hitting a home run. But it, it, it And I read this somewhere, too, because it kind of comes up every year where, like, the Braves even said, and I felt the same way, that, like, if you're ever going to lose a game or if you're ever going to have a big hit go against you, that was it. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, in into I, I don't know if this is where you're going, but like this is why I really wanted sports. And I think we really needed sports is sports is an avenue. It's not it doesn't mean that all is right in the world right now, but it's just something to actually look back and enjoy until you look at the Braves starters ERA and then you don't enjoy it as much. But um, <laughs> No, you, you nailed it, and that's exactly yeah. where I was going. It's, yeah. it's something for it, us to latch onto and get yeah. behind. And I mean, football, basketball, hockey playoffs, baseball is right now at the stretch run. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's just been nice. It's been the media, and especially with the election, that's going to be a brutal election, and covid it's so nice to actually be able to watch black lives matter like there's so much a lot of tension going on in the world it's nice to just have sports and again i'm not saying that sports is we should just forget about those things but no at but the we same need time, distractions for yes. our mental health yes for our mental health we need to be able to turn off some of that stuff yes. you know, we're all tuned into it it's everywhere and and rightfully so there's a lot of change happening and going to happen, but you also need to take mental breaks. And need, sports need a break. is the perfect yep. solution for that. So, so I watch yeah. the Brave starters. Yeah, we'll we'll get into the Braves. That's fine. We got plenty of time for that. Let's yes, uh, let's do a quick fun fact, and, right. and then we got a big show. We Which gotta, testicles we get are we it. talking about today? Whew. So, did you know that the inventor of cornflakes, the reason he invented it is he would hope it would get to people to stop masturbating. I, you know what, Dave? I didn't know that. <laughs> so how you ask? Yeah. And let me answer that. I'm going to try to, to do a brief overview of this, but John Harvey Kellogg in eight, was born in 1852. He invented cornflakes in 1878 because he hoped that plain food would stop people from masturbating. He believed staunchly in celibacy and that sex was unhealthy and immoral. He actually never slept in the same room as his wife, never consummated their marriage, and they adopted all their children. And so he believed that masturbation was just about as sinful as you get. 
And he quoted, if illicit commerce of the sexes is a heinous sin, self-pollution is a crime doubly abominable." So he then believed that rich flavored foods increased sexual desires. So he said, well, plain foods must suppress it. So he created cornflakes. <laughs> so he is an incredibly successful dumb person. Because yeah. first of all, Cornflakes is probably like it's, it's the cereal. Yeah, one one well, I mean one. It's the cereal. It, it's just carbs. It's not too many carbs. Like you're probably ready to go. You're probably in peak position. Whereas <laughs> like if you're eating junk, I, I don't generally eat a bowl of ice cream. Then I'm like, all right, let's get it on, don't right? I'm like, no, I I just want to sleep. I just want to <laughs> sit there and like pass out. So, but. He made a ton of money, but I, it doesn't sound like he enjoyed it much. He made a no. ton of money and then just stared at his not, money in his living room. Didn't want to touch his wife. Not in the sense that we find enjoyment. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he suck, he uh, sought for pleasure, but... Uh, every Thursday, they had a bowl of cornflakes. It was magical. They almost <laughs> touched hands once. Close. The world oh, is man. a crazy place, man. And to think, so that's less than 150 years ago i mean that's a long time but it's also not a but long yeah time. but it's not well and again kellogg i mean that's a pretty famous brand mm -hmm. think of all the money he could have saved with getting kellogg's and the amount of dfs he could have been doing oh yeah dfs We're not doing anything else show. i'm gonna touch on that throughout the show so anyway so there, there's your fun fact let's move on I think that we need to start with baseball. I think that baseball was kind of here first. That was the thing that we were talking about before we got, you know, before the rest of the sports started. So let's let's talk about baseball. I'm going to hand this over to you. You're being the baseball guru here, the guy. I know you got some good stuff to talk about. I think it makes sense to start with a couple of teams, though. I think it makes sense to talk about how much the Red Sox suck and about how great, conversely, the Braves' offense has been. But their pitching is looking scarily like the Red Sox. Yeah, so let's touch on our uh, let's touch on our favorite teams. So I'll start with the Red Sox because that's gonna be your favorite team. I'm sorry. <laughs> they the good news is they're going to have a very high pick. Maybe they are going to be the ones to get Kumar Rocker, which is that's a good consolation prize. And quite honestly, it's at this point for the Red Sox, it's not the worst thing in the world. Because if they mm -hmm. did get a high draft pick, I mean, they could use any sort of pitching. They're like the Braves without any bullpen and half the offense. And, right. And, and literally no pitching. The worst part is they're sellers and they couldn't sell anyone. They sold Workman <laughs> early and because there was like the one bullpen arm they had. And Hembry was, I mean, he's a bullpen arm, but he's not someone I think anyone's going out to get. But. Yeah, they are bad. The only good thing about them is they do still have a good core. You look at that lineup and you look at the top five. Of Verdugo's looked really good. Devers is still Devers. Bogarts. Alex Verdugo has been a bright spot. He really He's has. Certainly impressed. Yep. We knew that he'd be a solid hitter, but I think all, all around, kids got a cannon out in the outfield. Um, yeah. They really like his personality, which was also something that was questionable for yes. him coming over. Yep. So, so far, good news on that. So, in that point for the bet steal, in a sense, it still did work out. Problem is, we knew this was a rebuilding year. I just thought with eight teams, and, and again, the pitching, Erod not pitching this year, Sale being out for the year hurt, but 
I think the problem as a Sox fan is you look to next year, and it's not like anyone starting pitching wise coming up. Well, I was just gonna say, is this a is impossible for a quick turnaround, or are they in for another tough haul next year? I I think it is, for the Red Sox, I think it's possible for a turnaround because they did they are under luxury tax, so that is officially gone. That resets. I feel like they're still probably a year away. Mm-hmm. I think Erod will come back. I think Sale at this point, it's gonna be a rehab year for him. I I just don't know, and, and hopefully, I think if you're their Sox fan, you're waiting for one more year. Like I think dream scenarios, you you one more year of somewhat rebuilding, but you have still a solid core. You get that people like Jeter Downs who can come up at the end of the year, and then you go big in free agency, which twenty twenty one, and maybe you trade sale for a guy that you can help you out next year. If you have a high draft college arm, I think twenty, I think you could reasonably see the Sox be very good in twenty twenty two. Barring a flurry of trades that I don't think they have the assets to make anyway. Yeah, I, I just don't see the pitching depth at all. It, and again, even if Erod and Sale come back, it's them and Evaldi. Yeah. And, and that's, it's just, it's not a lot. They don't have a lot of minor leaguers. Even if they sign a couple of veteran guys, like their bullpen's not that great. Yeah. We talked about this before. When Dombrowski came in, we knew what he was going to do. He was going to trade for top players and build a winning team he got his ring but there's a cost to that yep and and yep. this is it this is yep. it's going to be a couple years to dig yourself out you can't just keep signing big contracts it's been proven time and time again it doesn't work i know it's frustrating for fans but you yep. have to go through this and, and just... quite quite honestly though it's worth it I, yeah. I know it hurts right now but you guys go world series in 2018 and granted the mookie bets decision was a poor decision but i can't go back now and at least they did get some assets but yeah i mean it was ultimately worth it yeah. but anyway enough about the red Sox. we'll we'll, we'll talk <laughs> they about suck. The, the race they the suck. last place on to, yeah we're on to next year um let's talk about the braves a little bit so the braves are the braves kill me this year because their lineup is absolutely just ridiculous. Ronald I mean, they have Ozzy Albies batting ninth right now. Real deal. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Ozzy Albies batting ninth. That's unbelievable. And that's partially because he just came off, but he's been hot since he. Uh, but I mean, Marcelo Zuna has looked awesome. Freeman's having a great year. Can Travis I just say Jarno. I love watching Marcelo Zuna hit bombs. Oh yeah. And that's all he does. When that guy hits one, it is uh it is a rocket. It yeah. is awesome. But. But as much as that's awesome, Adam Duvall has had two three home run games. Three oh, in Fenway. That. Three in Fenway. And then the other game I want to mention, uh, the Braves last week scored 29 runs. Highest ever in a National League game. He Duvall hit a grand slam, a three-run homer, DH. and a two-run homer. <laughs> yeah, seriously. The Braves have benefited from the DH, especially because as much as I like Ozuna, he is not a good defender. Mm-hmm. Not at all like him, but he's a really good DH, and that's they're definitely help one him. of the the few NFL NL teams I think that were set up well, yes. just based on the depth of their yep. their offense already yep. and the, and the depth of their farm system. They were they were ready. They were yep. able to to fill that void with somebody slightly better than like Omar Vizquel. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. 
and their bullpen is also has been honestly just ridiculous. They've got four guys not just throwing mop-up innings with ERAs under one. It's Minter, Chris Martin, Darren O'Day. They, they are really set up well, except for starting pitching. And it kills me because, honestly, I would feel extremely good going up against any team if one Mike Soroka was still in play. And that is, they need him badly because Max Freed is taking a little break. He did lose some fastball velocity. He's had an outstanding year. And He's I been feel, unbelievable. And I feel good with him going up against any number one. Granted, he might not be favored, but by no means he will be. They can win any game free pitches with the bullpen and mm-hmm. offense they have. But after that, the number two starters, Ian Anderson, who has looked great, but he has four major league starts. And your number three star is Cole Hamels, who has not thrown a hit ball, and, and he will. We're recording on Tuesday. His first uh, game of the year will be next week, and that's your number three starter. And we're going to get into the playoffs. That really does not bode well this year, especially. But uh, yeah, the Braves, the Braves look really good. So I'm happy. Besides the fact when, <laughs> if they can just get to the fifth, is with... there hope coming? I mean. Can, so if Max Freed comes back healthy, is there any other support? Are you pretty much hinging on the hope that the corpse of Cole Hamels will recapture some of his vintage years? Yeah. So so uh, the, the good thing about the Braves is, right, again, that bullpen is ridiculous. And they could literally go in and have a bullpen game in the playoffs, and I'd still feel pretty good. So Cole Hamels just needs to get a couple of innings. The, I think the big th- – the key – Again, I still feel good about Freed. It's Ian Anderson, top prospect, but a guy that literally came up and one hit the Yankees and then beat the Red Sox, his favorite team, struggled against the Marlins, and then one hit the Nationals in seven innings. So he has been really good, but you're asking a guy who's started in four major league games to be your number two starter on probably the two seed in the National League. Like, it's asking a ton. So he's looked good. It could be worse. The the only other thing, there's a bunch. The Braves have a bunch of starting pitching depth. Unfortunately, they've all sucked this year. So they are literally a team that could get bounced in the first round, although I want to talk about that too. Or they're a team that could honestly, things bounce their way and they're going to the World Series. It's that. Anything can happen in a 60-game season, man. It's just crazy. Yep. It could all get pushed into the bubble, and then yeah, it, somebody well, breaks out of the bubble. Yeah, and then they bring the COVID back. Who knows? Oh God, yeah, let, let's hope that's not that's true. It's fine. But uh, let's move on. So uh, it looks good for the Braves. Um, yeah. How about the Astros? Just uh, yeah, under five hundred. It, it's you. You can't bang on trash cans when there are no fans in there. Everyone can hear. Begs the question: How talented are those guys? I'm not a. I'm not a scout. I certainly know that there was some. Uh, there was Bregman was a talented minor leaguer. So were some of these other guys. But yeah, you also wonder, like mentally exhausted, because they're just getting tortured everywhere they go, and it's too bad that there's no fans because that was going to be the ultimate tour of shame. Oh, absolutely. So and what probably they sucks- lucked out there. Yeah, I have a feeling that the players, certain players, Joe Kelly for one, comes to mind. <laughs> And the fans won't let them forget it. I think oh, next no. year, yep. that tour of shame is going to happen still. They're still going to get booed 100%, mercifully. Yep. It's going to be bad. Yeah. 
100 percent as they should yep yeah that's the only problem you're right that they kind of lucked out this year but next year they're just going to it's just prolonging it really it'll Absolutely. never 100 percent go away but um, I mean, it will eventually die down, but it, yeah, next year they'll be back in full force. Uh, all the fans will remind them, but yeah, it, it's, it's weird. A guy like Jose Altuve. And again, he just seems like a very good hitter. doesn't matter. Trash can, no trash can, it's but like the smallest he, strike he, zone in baseball. Yeah. But he struggled this year and it mm-hmm. begs the question of, is this, and it's hard to in a 60 game season because. You could get off to a, I remember David Ortiz having not good first two months of the year and still having an all-star type performance by the end of the year. The best players struggle. It just happens. It's the way it works. Yeah. So you're right. So if you have a 60 game season, 20 games and you're hitting terribly is, uh, I mean, it's under a magnifying glass. It's, it looks just way worse than it is. Yep. Agreed. Anybody who's ever played fantasy baseball knows that any hitter at any time can go through a terrible streak and you're just like, yeah, especially when you draft them in like the first three rounds. And then all of a sudden the first couple months, the first month, the guy cannot hit. And you're just saying, I just, I made a terrible mistake. Yeah. That's when as a, someone who doesn't have that guy, you always try to go after that guy. mm -hmm. And if you have that guy, you should always hold on to him. Because his value is low, and you know there's a good shot. He's going to come back. But people go in panic mode, and then they just try to trade for whatever just to get some value. Unless he's Chris David, that he never comes back. Yeah, don't pick him in the first round. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Chris Davis. How the mighty have fallen. He doesn't even start anymore. No, a man makes $20 million for, like, what, the next three years? Yeah. Oh, oof. Hell Sorry, of a pinch Orioles. hitter. <laughs> kind yeah, of. That's a God, such a tough one, man. I mean, that guy was a monster, and then uh, he, he yeah. was terrible, right? He came up with a giant hole in his swing. Somehow figured it out for two and a half seasons. See, that's the thing. How much did he figure it out? How much is he just a guy that can beat up on bad pitching? Well, not anymore. Yeah. Well. Yeah. True. He might have adjusted, and then. After that big season, pitchers adjusted, and he was just able to, uh, yep. never able to adjust again. Yeah. So, kind of like me in softball. So Not true. But anyway, <laughs> you can hit. Uh, how about so the moving on from the Astros. You got they the Yankees. Suck. They yeah. do. They suck. Sorry, they're Brian Pepe. Good. Sorry. They're not that good. They're not that good. Quite honestly. What is, they... let's talk, what's wrong with the Yankees? Besides uh, their biggest hitters being made of glass. That's and their rookie th- they're, phenom, their their labor Torres not hitting. Glass? Gary Sanchez is a giant dick bag. Yep. Who only hits home runs and only cares about hitting home runs. Yes. I saw a great oh, hustle, I, and I wish I could t- give the credit to the person who tweeted this, but it, he said Gary Sanchez catches every pitcher like Jason Veritek caught Tim Wakefield. <laughs> <laughs> there was something to that effect kudos yeah. to that person who tweeted that <laughs> well hopefully and i will say this hopefully for him then robot umpires are coming and, mm. and i will say i have changed my mind bring bring the robots <laughs> it is Ooh, do tell yeah no it's just you know what it's been bad it's been bad enough where even i'm like just just give me the robot umpires again i, I i'm okay as long as you call it consistently and not ridiculously 
where like mm-hmm. you can't call a ball a foot off the plate a strike if it's not in the strike zone and we've seen some bad but, calls this year yeah you call three inches off the plate and you're consistently doing that call okay but yeah it's just uh, nope i'm i'm good and, and i argued that it would help the hitters more than the pitchers mm-hmm. and i actually think i'm wrong i think it would help the pitchers because when they get those corners and make an aw- great pitch they usually get punished for that because you just want to know where to throw it. Yeah. Like you said, consistency. Just tell them where it needs to go and yeah. call it the same every time. Yep. Yeah, yeah but it, it's just it's it, and that's the thing. You don't get the consistency. So I'm I'm fine. Bring the robots. Still still won't help the Yankees because they can't stay healthy. No, they suck. They suck I, I mean, the, the good thing for the Yankees is when with that being said, you don't want to see that team in the playoffs. By no means. No. Nope. No, I think Giancarlo is back again he for at least is. a week yes. before he yeah, and, you know, hurts and that's a toe. They brought him back too early. He'll, he'll be injured by playoffs. I mean, that's the problem with the Yankees is they could go, they could get pounced in the first two games or they could um, win it all. And, and neither one would surprise me. And that's, and that's true. Someone, they do have Garrett Cole. Yeah, it's somewhat indicative of this year, yeah. I mean, in three-game series, you like their chances because you're almost chalking up a win. But even Cole, who looked awesome, then then came against the Braves and, and hasn't been the same since. Well, when Gary um, Sanchez catches for you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not getting much help. Granted, Cole doesn't need a lot of help. but uh, No, I like I like their chances if Cole can get hot and Aroldis Chapman can stay off getting the squirts. I think yeah. that they have uh, they're in good shape. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. But but the AL they have to the, make it. Yeah, and well, they will make it. I will say that the 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 eight teams in the AL are almost basically set. We'll, we'll get. I to have that. my pick for the World Series winner now. Ooh, interesting. It's not that huge of a limb, but it's something of a limb because they never get it. But I'm going with Tampa Bay. Yeah, I th- I mean I think that's a really good pick. I was gonna go with Tampa Bay when the when it was 162 games. And then for whatever reason, when it was only sixty games, I did not pick them. And what do you now, like the athletics? And, and and not only that, I was gonna pick the Rays over the Yankees in the in the division. Mm-hmm. But then I sixty games I didn't do it. And no, yeah. the athletics the other team, and I'm an idiot. And I said this in the X Factor show. You can't bet against the Rays and the A's. No, nope, you never can. What did I do? I, I, I didn't go all in on them. I actually think I picked the Angels over the A's and yep. The A's prove me wrong again. I would actually love to see the A's win it for once. That would actually, yeah. I mean, either of those teams. Either either team. Yeah. The Rays or, or the A's are two really well-run organizations that work on pennies when it compared to the Yankees and the Red yeah. Sox, and they just figure it out. And every year they, they pick some players off the scrap heap, and all of a sudden they have these fantastic years. Yep. Well, they put them in the right situations. Right. Yeah, they're just well-run teams. And – It'd be it'd be nice to see one of them win. I think yeah. they're. I mean, at least the Oakland fan base would love it. Yeah, I don't agreed. know if the Tampa Bay fan base would, but <laughs> Tampa the, Bay the, deserves a strong fan base. It's just the, in the a forty-seven people that for them would love it. They're in a bad location. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's no different for them now than it was before COVID. I guess <laughs> no, right? No, 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 not at all. I would say so. Actually, I'm saying Tampa Bay and Athletics, but really. I want to see somebody beat the Padres because I don't know if anybody could beat the Padres. 
Yeah, I mean, that right there could be the pick. So the Padres definitely won the trade deadline. Not only did they get Mike Clevenger, who was the best piece that moved, granted his personality might be the worst person. Definitely was probably the worst personality that moved. But they have him for control as well, which is kind of big in this year because it is such a crapshoot. Plus, they did not give up their top six, seven prospects in any of these deals. They also made a couple good depth moves. Did get Mitch Moreland. So there's another sock that did actually end up moving. But they look good. They've got a good young nucleus. Fernando Tatis Jr. could easily, he's probably the favorite to win the MVP in the NL. He looks awesome. They've got a lot of good young pitchers. X Factor. Uh, Lament has looked really good. Two. Chris Paddock has looked good. Demison? Um, is that his first yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Let me just real quick on Clevenger. A lot can be said about his attitude is documented. It's well documented. Obviously, the Indians did not feel he was a good part of the organization. They traded him away. Super talented young kid. Padres jumped at him. There were some other teams that could touch him. Here's the thing. In every sport, there's douchebags. And there's plenty of douchebags that sustain some level of run with a team. And the team still manages to win despite that douchebag. I think of a guy like Antonio Brown, for instance. I mean, he might be an extreme case where he just lost his mind, but every team's got him. And I think it's, you know, the the San Diego Padres have an incredible clubhouse right now, and they have a lot of youth and a lot of energy and a lot of things going for them. I mean, the Indians, I would think, had a pretty good clubhouse too, but the Padres just have everything going on right now. They are just fun. They have the Grand Slam counter, which is awesome. They're just doing so much cool stuff that I think that a guy like Clevenger, if he can just show up and perform, and not go out and party in a COVID-infested area, that he'll be fine, and they'll be better for it. And even if they have him for two or three years, it was worth it. Yeah, no, agreed. And I think the Indians have a really good clubhouse, too. I think the problem is what he did was basically a blatant disrespect to his teammates. And when you have a guy who is kind of already on the edge and then does something like that, it's almost unforgivable where now he goes to the Padres and he can kind of get that fresh start. And yeah, he's going to be that guy, but he's going into another good clubhouse. They have a good mix. And yeah, to your point, there there are douchebags on basically every team. But as long as the clubhouse is strong, that's not going to affect them as much. And I don't right, blame the Indians. No, I, no, I no. I certainly wasn't saying that. But yeah, I think if the clubhouse is overwhelmingly strong and bonded, that a guy like Clevenger won't disrupt it. At least not in a, you know, Manny was always historically hit or miss, made a Ramirez. Yeah, he's one that came to mind to me. Yep, absolutely. And we, we weren't always, we weren't ever really sure if he was liked by his teammates or not, but he was no. so damn good. Yeah, we still don't know. <laughs> yeah, we shoved the guy, he shoved that old guy down. Like he was, yeah. just on that alone, he was a shitty person. So, but they made it work. They had a strong clubhouse. They had a strong bond. They had good personalities. They had guys like Kevin Millar that made it. So I think that he's going into a situation in San Diego where if he's going to be a dick, he's going to be kind of on his own. At least, you know, and maybe that's how San Diego looks at it. But yeah. You're absolutely They won that trade deadline. Good God. They just yeah. went for it. I know. And it's nice. But they went for it and they gave up some good prospects, but they did have such a deep system and they didn't give up any of their top guys. So yep. for them, it's it's they're just in really good position because they've got a bunch of guys and a couple of those guys are going to be coming up probably at this point next year. 
but that right i mean me and doug were saying that this was kind of our our team in that if they were going to that might be the team that shows up a year earlier than expected and in fairness pepe said the white Sox was his team Mm. for that and and they're the number one seed right now you've got the best record you got the best record in the american league and the second best record in the national league as are the teams that we picked so the only reason why san diego has the four seed and they have an outside shot to get that number one seed they're not i think they're only a game and a half out so those are two really good teams and we we will get to them uh basically right now i don't know real quick i don't know if 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 it's been talked about enough about the White Sox had a quick turnaround. Like they fire sailed, they broke their team down, they traded sale, they got rid of players, and they spun it quick. They got Giolito, who was people weren't sure if he was a bust or not because he couldn't he wasn't striking anybody out, and then all of a sudden the kid's just been phenomenal. That offense is just amazing. They just made some very good trades and grabbed a lot of good players and put that team together in a hurry. Giolito is a perfect example of don't give up on a very talented pitcher after the first year. God damn you, Pat, for giving up on him after the first year in fantasy. <laughs> and not, right? Because a lot of times when those guys burn you, you're like, I'm not picking that guy again. It's tough like, in yeah. fantasy. They burn you, you get mad, and then right, it ends up biting you. But yeah, he, he's been really good. It, it, yeah, the team has. And they were smart. They... They did get a couple veterans, so that team wasn't in. I mean, it was in rebuilding mode, but it wasn't. We've got nine position players, and they all have less than two years of service. They did still have some uh, veterans on that team, um, mm-hmm. which makes the rebuild a lot quicker if you add the right pieces and the right prospects come up. Uh, Luis Robert's looks really good, so yeah, um, yeah. No, it's a team. That's another team you don't necessarily want to play in the uh, playoffs team can mash yep so i think you have a few fun exercises to take us through in baseball before we we move on to football yeah so the first one's gonna be easy so what i just want to do right now uh we'll talk a little bit about the playoff format and then we're just going matchup by matchup if the playoffs ended as of last night we'll do so we'll count the games today if the playoffs ended as last night who who do you got so a couple things did come out. The bubble ser- uh, the bubble scenario is going to happen in baseball for the playoffs, too. The NL is going to play in Texas, in Houston and Texas, Arlington. And the AL is going to play in San Diego and uh, L.A., the Dodgers Stadium. So that way no okay. NL or no AL team will have their own home field advantage. Um, and the World Series will be playing in Arlington, I believe, in their new stadium which is kind of why they're doing it, right? Promoting the new stadium, and in that way, everything everyone's in that bubble. So there, this year, because there's eight teams, there's a the first round is one through, one through eight plays a three-game series. The home team is the higher seed for all three games, so best two out of three. So that series, anyone can win. I don't care if it's Absolutely. the best team versus worst team. You're talking about a regular series any any team can beat any team in a three game series, so that will be it'll be fun to watch. I will have a heart attack watching every Braves pitch, but other than the Braves games, I'll thoroughly enjoy it because everything yeah. is on the line. You can't afford to give away a game. Very stressful if your team is in it. Yes, I have I have no yes. uh, I have no skin in the game, so it'll be more enjoyable for me. But. Absolutely. 
very stressful. Um, so the one of the interesting things is that one's not a big deal. When you get into the division series and champion series, champion uh, NL and AL champion series, there is no off days, which is definitely a little wrinkle. Really? Yes. So Oof. for a team like the Braves, the postseason bodes well because you only need a couple of really good starters and a great bullpen. Check mark. This year, if you in that division series, if it goes five games, you either got to pitch in the game five, you got to pitch your first on short rest, or you got to go with your fifth starter. The Braves barely have more than two. Their fourth starter is going to be Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright, if if it if this postseason ended today, has a seven point two ERA. <laughs> now now mind you, he's made adjustments. Maybe there's a prayer that he those adjustments stick. What I, what I don't like about this at all is they should have announced this a week or two before the trade deadline. Agreed. Because I so, think you would have seen more depth piece trades because – and, right, think of a seven-game series. You've got – I mean, you, you, you almost have to go one through five. Mm-hmm. Because even if you go one, two, three – four and bring your yeah i i mean you or, or you're bringing your one two and three on short rest like it mm-hmm. is so that's tough you need some innings eaters yeah it which which is nuts to say that you need inning eaters in a playoff because right yeah. we're used to like third inning stars not cut it you you cut bait and you go to the bullpen so right. for teams that have very deep bullpens like the braves like the yankees like the rays it will be helpful but there might, but depending on how it goes, there might be a scenario where you got to throw your sixth best reliever in a high leverage situation because game one and game two, you kind of smoked most of your guys and you can't keep on throwing them out there every single time. So that will, or, or right, you leave a starter in there. It, it's going to be interesting. I don't think it'll affect the first series as much, but it will definitely, I think, start to affect the next the all the series going forward world yeah, series does stay the same even though there's oh, no man. travel i'm actually glad my team won't be in this i'm just gonna, <laughs> i'm yeah. just gonna watch and see what happens yeah no it, it i mean viewing wise it will be awesome though it, it changes some things so let's go over real quick we don't have to spend a lot of time but if the postseason ended today the white Sox would face the cleveland indians if the regular season ended today same thing. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. And, uh, I um, haven't been paying attention to baseball that much, yeah. so I just <laughs> make yeah, sure no, we're no, not no, in no. the playoffs. Um, and, and I will say this. So the teams right now are White Sox in order of seeding right now. It's White Sox, Rays, A's, Twins, Blue Jays, Astros, Yankees, Indians. In Seattle is significantly far behind the Indians, so I would be very uh, – it's a safe bet with anywhere between 12 to 15 games to go, depending on what team you are. It's a safe bet that these are the eight playoff teams. The seedings might change, but as far as the teams, mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident to say these are the teams. So we just talked about the White Sox-Indians. Who do you have? Indians are very dangerous. Very dangerous. Did we just talk about them? I don't we think talked we about the White Sox. Yeah, the Indians are dangerous because they got Shane Bieber, yeah, and they have Carlos Carrasco, yep, and just that right there 
is, is really scary. Uh, they have enough offense to beat up on anybody. Yep. So if it was White Sox Indians, man, that's a that's a battle. Yep. I'm gonna actually go with the Indians. And I'm I'm with you. And, and granted, I don't think that's a. Well, let's preface this by we could be wrong in every single pick, and I don't mm-hmm. think it would it wouldn't shock either of us. That again, one's a real coin games, flip. Yeah. But in the matchups, that it would almost be awesome if the matchups stayed exactly how they are right now because that would be a good matchup, two division rivals. So next series, Tampa Bay, New York. I'm taking Tampa Bay. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I have to, too. And again, again, New York wouldn't surprise me. Cole going game one, you're, he's the pick. Mm-hmm. But Tampa just always finds a way to win. And because they're better I, built for this I right mean, now. I don't Luke, think the Yankees yeah. are built that well. They looked the beginning of this season like they were, but the, 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 you know what the problem is? The Yankees in ten days could look that well. We just honestly don't know, and it's almost been two years of that. Luke Voigt has been ridiculously good, so they, they do have some pluses. But Stanton Judge Tor, Torres hasn't been great, like you said. Glaber's uh, been a tough one because that was your young phenom. Yeah. It, but again, six, 60 games, right? It, yeah, exactly. It's easier to start pressing too, right? So if you're playing a 60-game season, you're 20 games in and you're not doing well. You're a third oh, yeah. of the way through the season. Every game is is incredibly important. It's easy to start pressing even more, especially yep. when you're young. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're Glaber's going to be fine. That kid's going to be fine. There's way too much talent. Yeah, long-term. Okay. Yep. Yeah, long-term. So it, it will be, I mean, they have the bullpen. Right, again, you can make an easy argument for the Yankees. I just, uh, Tampa always finds a way. Mm-hmm. So next one would be A's, Astros. A's, fuck the Astros. Yep, 100%. I, I hope they pump, I hope it's a sweep. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that would actually be a pretty, that might be the clear one on here, although maybe the next one would be. But yeah. I don't know what to think of the Astros. I know. And I know Verlander, they're going to try to get Verlander back, but it's going to be hard to ask a guy to who has basically not pitched pretty much the entire year, and he they're going to have to, he's going to have to carry them on his back. They have not had the starting pitching that they thought they were going to get. So yeah. they have Granky, and that's about it because Verlander's been hurt. McCullers hasn't been that great. McCullers so, started well and yes, he kind did. of nosedived. Yeah. So next we have Twins Blue Jays. I love watching the Blue Jays. Ooh, those those are two fun teams right there. Yes, yes, they are. I I would pick the Twins though. Yeah, I I think I have to go with the Twins. I think the Blue Jays are fun. I don't think I think it's a little too early for them, but Agreed. man, they're going to be dangerous in the next couple of years if they if they play their cards right. Agreed. Very dangerous. Yep, I I think twenty twenty two they're going to be a really good team. I think they're going to be dangerous this year and next year, but I think 2022, they're a couple more years away, but they're they're going to be really good. All right, so now let's move to the NL. Um, so the NL is an interesting one through eight. You got Dodgers-Giants, which talent-wise, it's not even close. But when you talk about two teams that absolutely hate each other, mm. you don't get much worse than Dodgers-Giants. So I, I think the pick is easy. I think you're going to mirror that we're going to go Giants. Um. I got to say, if the Dodgers don't win at all, man, it's a big disappointment. 
Oh, absolutely. I, but I, they yeah. have a tough road because we'll get to them. San Diego. Yeah. Yep. But but I, I do think that the Dodgers obviously take care of the Giants. But again, three-game series, you never know. Kershaw has a bad game in the playoffs who's looked really good this year. But you blow a game, and that could be the difference. Bueller's kind of been up and down a little bit, hasn't he? Yep. Yeah. Uh, again, pretty not, good. Not quite but... as lights out as he was last year. I think he's yes. just figuring some things out. The hitters yep. have tape on him, that sort of thing. You know, the sophomore year can be tough. Overall, I think he's looked he's looked fine. He'll be fine. He's so talented, but that sophomore Agreed. year is tough. Agreed. Um, yeah. So they still have a ton of depth and talent, though. That's so crazy. Not, the Dodgers are crazy. That should I'm be a steamroll. Yep. It's not the Mad Bum years. You know, no more Mad Bum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To make that a little bit more interesting. So I know. But they they do. Uh, Mike Yashkremshi has been awesome. Uh, I was just going to say, they got Yaz. A potential MVP candidate. He's actually in that conversation. He's a great Um, story. Yeah, he is. And they've gotten some contributions from a lot of different people. Fine Polish boy. His father was a dick. Was he really? Yeah. Karl Yastrzemski? I did not know that. I mean, I know that was his father, but I didn't Uh, know. I mean, I never met him. I never had an actual exchange. But the word on the street was he was a dick. He wasn't a great dude. Interesting. Yeah, that I was like both totally my wrong. parents' favorite player. Yeah. Oh my God, my father, hundred percent Polish man. That was his man. That was the that was the guy. Yes. Him and Ivan Putski. He was a wrestler. Okay. Yeah. Pepe, <laughs> Pepe would know who that. Is. He had the famous thing. move, the Polish hammer. And he just like brought both of his fists down on you. He was really hairy. So Polish. <laughs> no. Um. So Celtics anyway. are going. In, Celtics are going. In, are you watching the game at all? Oh, I have it on my phone right now. Yeah, I Celtics have, are in uh, OT. Celtics are going to OT. Oh, Great. man, these teams are very evenly matched again. Yes. The whole East. Well, you know what? Let, let, let's We're going to get that. into let's, that. <laughs> yeah. Let's All go right. with the baseball playoffs. Yeah. Let's so, stick with that. Continuing real quick, uh, we're going to go. This is a tie, so this is the one that keeps on going back and forth. But the Braves lost last night, and they lose the tiebreaker as of today to the Cubs. So... For right now, the Cubs have the two seed based off a tiebreaker, even though they have the same record. And they would be playing the Philadelphia Phillies. Who do you have? Phillies, Cubs. Good good games. That's a tough one. That is a tough one, especially in the short series. Yep. I really like you, Darvish, this year. He's been phenomenal. Oh, man. Aaron Nola's been very good. He has been. That's a tough first game. That could go either way. My, <laughs> I I really like this guy because he's such a bad. He like he plays the 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 villain so well. I like Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, yeah. I'm gonna pick the Phillies. Ah, oh, god damn it! <laughs> I, I'm gonna pick the Phillies, and, and I I think the Cubs are a better team. I think in a three game series though, and I love you, Darvish. Love you, mm-hmm. Darvish. But Darvish has a tendency to have a game where he's off. I well, I, he could I, be out in the fourth inning because he throws 120 pitches. No. And I think the Phillies have a better offense. And I think Nola, and also having Wheeler, I think it just helps them because it's not 100% on Nola at this point. So, yeah, I would actually go uh, – I'm going to go Phillies. It's a real and, again, I think the Cubs are a better team. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Then we go to the nightmare. <laughs> Braves, Cardinals. <laughs> of course and, and and in some ways like the cardinals <laughs> you could argue might be the easiest team it's just you could never 
good for the it's Braves. It's never easy, though, with the Cardinals. Cardinals. It's never easy. Um, I'm going with the Braves. I They they have to win. I think um, the Braves win by offense in this matchup. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I agree. One of the guys who absolutely killed the Braves, the two biggest different difference makers in last series was Marcelo Zuna, who just went absolutely off against the Braves, and Chris Martin going down in game one. He was arguably the Braves' best reliever. This year, I would I, I argue he is still the Braves' best reliever. He gave up an opening day home run to Jonas Cespedes, who doesn't even play anymore, and he hasn't given up a run since. So I... Him going out, so as long as he doesn't go out and as long as Ozuna stays on the Braves and doesn't go back to the Cardinals in the playoffs, I, I think that the Braves have a lot more offense. <clears throat> I, I think the Braves would take that. But who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and then the series that probably no one had at the beginning of the year, Padres-Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> and you laugh. I know. But I'll, I'll tell the you Marlins, right now, man. it might not be as much of a blowout as we think. And I think the Marlins benefit from a three-game series maybe more than anyone else because they're going to go 1-2 with Sixto Sanchez and Sandy Alcantara. And Sixto Sanchez looks very That's a good. mouthful, huh? Sixto? I know. Sixto, Sixto Sanchez. Sanchez, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know how that's the first time I ever heard um, that name. He he is really. Uh, so you should he was the guy that was in the Real Muto trade. Okay. And basically what the what the Marlins did and I I think this was smart cuz they didn't do it with any of the other big trades is instead of going for quantity, they went for quality. And they got mm. a big time pitcher People kind of compare him to Pedro because he's a short guy that throws upper 90s, has good off-speed. And, and the thing about him is, which is not like young pitchers, he the knock on him is sometimes he throws too many strikes. Where, right, mm-hmm. he's got the stuff and he's not getting people to chase because he's just trying to pound the zone. Yep. He, going up against anyone on the Padres, it's it would not be necessarily a – blowout and they got starling Marte too i'm picking the padres i'm sure you are too yeah i think they're the cinderella team i think they destroy the marlins yeah again i i, I would caution i get that. i totally get your case on yeah. that one but i think that 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 this is a this would be a case of the clearly superior team just demolishes them yep we shall see that yeah th- that type of matchup will be fun so we will see all right as far as that we got one more game one more little game. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, I know you're not following baseball as much. So, instead of saying, hey, who do you think is going to win AL and MVP, NL MVP, and Cy Young, I want to just give you three players, player A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. And you tell me who you're going to pick, and that way we can see. You might not pick the guy that you were expecting. Mike Trout. So, play, player A. Ronald Acuna Jr. So I went with average OPS, home runs, RBIs, stolen bases, uh, OPS plus, war, and extra base hits for offense. Okay. So the player A has a 296 average, 
a 1,051 OPS, 16 homers, 39 RBIs, a stolen base, 24 extra base hits, a 181 uh, OPS+, and a 1.1 WAR. That is player A. Player B has a 331 average, 1,089 OPS, 16 home runs, 32 RBIs, 0 stolen bases, 21 extra base hits, a 194 OPS plus, and a 1.9 war. And player C has a 317 average, 980 OPS, 15 homers, a 2.3 war, 48 RBIs, 2 stolen bases, 27 extra base hits, and a 163 OPS plus. So the, the stolen bases are totally swinging this, right? I was like, yeah, sold yeah. the first guy, he had that one, and the next guy had zero, so the first guy was clearly up. Yeah. Can you give me the OPS and the last, what was the last one you said? Was it the WOBA? War. Uh, war. I only have, don't oh. have WOBA. I don't know. There was a lot of things coming at me I there. know. Just give me the OPS. I I, I want to say the second guy was the guy that I would pick. I think he had like a 317 with a, over 1,000 OPS. He didn't yeah, have so, a stolen base. No, so a 331 average with a 189 OPS. That's player B. Player A has a 1051 OPS, and player C has a 980 OPS. Well, on player B. All right. So you picked Nelson Cruz as Fuck yeah, Nelson. Um, Jesus. Player A is Mike Trout. He uh, missed a bunch of games, though. Yeah, and that's part of the reason. And he has only a 1.1 war. This is baseball reference war, so it is slightly different. And Jose Abreu has a 2.3 war, and he is player C. Wow. Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu's been awesome. But Nelson Cruz is the story, man, and I'm glad I picked him. 40 years old. Guy's just smashing it. it. I know. Love Nelson Cruz. All right. So, NL MVP, player A. Alicuna Jr. No, Fernando uh, Tatis Jr. Player A has a 301 average, a 988 OPS, 15 home runs, a 2.8 WAR, 35 RBIs, six stolen bases, a 163 OPS plus, and 23 extra base hits. Player B, a 293 average with a 999 OPS, 15 homers, a 2.3 WAR. 40 RBIs, 9 stolen bases, an OPS of 169 plus, and 27 extra base hits. And player C has a 331 average, a 1,084 OPS, 11 homers, a 2.2 war, 43 RBIs, a stolen base, a 179 OPS plus, and 27 extra base hits. Let me ask you, when you say the war, is there defensive ratings effect in that? Yes. Okay. I think I, I didn't want to. So qualify. offensively, I got to go with player three. Yeah. But two was really good too. But I'm going to take player three. So you picked Freddie Freeman as your National League MVP. No Freddie kidding. Freeman. Player B was Fernando Tatis Jr. That was so. Player the stolen bases. I was like. Yeah. And player A was Mookie Betts. Oh, Mookie. Yeah. I don't think you can go. You can make the any... argument for any of those guys. I, yeah, I don't. So the only thing is that I I was slightly annoyed as MLB.com came out with NL MVP and Freddie Freeman didn't make the top five. And and you look you listen guys. to these stats 
and they had Ian Happ, Mike Yashkremshi, uh, and again, these guys are good, and Trey Turner. And all those guys should be in the conversation, mm-hmm. but to not have Freddie Freeman in the top five was a little ridiculous. Happens so, every time, man. Sports writers. Yep. Now we go to Cy Young. I think this one for the American League is going to be clear cut. Player A is 7-1 and one with a 153 ERA, a 2.05 FIP, a three, 303 ERA plus, an 866 whip, a 14.2 K per nine, a three war in 64 and two thirds innings. He has 102 strikeouts and he has a Sierra of 2.45. I'm never going to remember all this. That's okay though. It, it, you don't have to remember the stats. You have to remember how good the player is. Yeah. sounds really good. So her uh, player B is three, you know, with 12 saves, a 133 ERA, a 1.34 FIP, a 319 ERA plus as a whip of 0.689 has a 13.3 K per nine. He's a 1.3 war in 20 innings. He has 30 Ks and a Sierra of 1.95. And then player C is six and two with a 240 ERA 3.85 FIP, a 188 ERA plus with a 0.953 whip. 10 Ks per nine, a 2.5 war in 71 in the third innings. He has 79 Ks and a Sierra of 3.98. Who are you going with? Who is Shane Bieber? Yeah. So player one. Yes. And, and <laughs> the only, so I actually wanted to add him for MVP because he's honestly yeah. been that good. He's had yeah. such a good year at pitcher that you can make the argument. He's in that. But I didn't want to add him and then obviously give away that. No, it makes sense. It's going to be the site. But you could, you could definitely make that argument. The yeah. guy is unbelievable. Agreed. Who was the other two? Player B was Hendricks, who has honestly been – Liam Hendricks has been lights out. I think the problem is in, in a year of only 60 games, no reliever. Yeah, no reliever is going to be good enough to – right, any reliever can be dominant for 60. If he put up those numbers for 162, I think we're talking about he at least deserves a lot more consideration. And player three is Lance Lynn. Oh, Lance Lynn. Yeah. You know what? He's for real. He did this yeah. last year, and you're like, is yep. that a fluke? He's for real. He figured some shit out. You know, and that's so many times these you see these players that don't live up to expectations or whatever, and they bounce from team to team to team. There's so many things that have to go right for certain players. It's 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 about the organization. It's about the coaching. It's about the style. You know, we talk about Sonny Gray when he went to the Yankees. The Yankees had a different philosophy, and he just didn't fit. Yep. And and it's just as important for the general manager and the coach to identify players that fit what they want to do. Sonny yep. Gray was talented, but he wasn't that guy, and now he's thriving in the NL. And well, because we, he's we... in a he's in a situation where he fits. Well, let's get to the NL Cy Youngs then. <laughs> Sonny Gray. Player A is 4-1 and one with a 167 ERA, a 197 FIP, 259 ERA+. Plus. He has an 870 whip, 13.2 K per nine, a 2.5 war, 54 innings. He has 79 Ks and a 2.73 Sierra. Player B is 6-0 and oh with a 198 ERA, a 2.53 FIP, a 2.46 ERA plus, a 1.06 WHIP, an eight and a half Ks per nine, 
a 2.8 war. In 50 innings, he has 47 Ks and a Sierra of 4.16. He has also given up zero home runs this year. Player C is 7-2 with a 1.77 ERA, a 2.26 FIP, a 2.57 ERA+, plus, a WHIP of 8.75, a K per 9 of 11.6, a WAR of 2.4. In 56 innings, he has 72 Ks in this year of 2.98. Who is the who NL is, Cy Young? Who is the best pitcher in baseball, Jacob DeGrom? Which is player? C. No, is A. That your, what, wait, who are you picking now? I forgot what A was. <laughs> so we'll give you player A then. Player A was indeed Jacob DeGrom. This Shout one, out to our friend Tommy, who we had a we had a fun little in our group chat the other day talking about he, he called about. Tommy's a hot take kind of guy. Love you, Tommy. You love you're, you. You kind of have that a mild Skip Bayless in you. You love doing those big hot takes, and I love challenging every single one of them because I am, I am the guy sitting across the table from Skip Bayless. I have my own equally hot takes. Anyway, uh, so he had called Jay, the best pitcher in baseball, and I said, "Who? Garrett Cole?" And uh, Jacob Degrom's the man. Let's just yeah. be honest; he's the freaking man. I mean, Shane Bieber right now looks pretty good, but Jacob Degrom's been doing this year after year after year. He's yep. still painting. Painting corners at 100 miles an hour. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, he, he's ridiculous. Absolutely. I, I he Yeah, he's my pick, too. This year, it's Beaver, but DeGrom is the pick as best pitcher. Uh, Cole, what he did last year, and I would probably put Cole as number two. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's DeGrom's best pitcher in baseball right now. Um, it hurts. Player B is Max Freed. Player C Ooh. is you Darvish. His actual analyti- uh, uh, analytical stats are not as good as I would have thought. My best argument for him, though, is the Braves. He is taking a team that is a number two seed, potentially really close, with a pitching staff that has no one as their ace went down in the third game of his year. And he has stepped up and literally put that team on his back. So I think if there's something to be said for that, he deserves a little more credit, but I, I think you do have to give it to DeGrom. Oh, fun stuff. So you have DeGrom, Bieber, Nelly Cruz, and Freddie Freeman. I love Nelly Cruz. God, I hope Nelly Cruz wins an AL MVP at, at 40 years old. That's fucking great. He really might. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I don't stuff. think I don't think I disagree with any of your picks. I think the only difference, which for me sucks... I think the only difference will be it'll be Tatis over Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, Freeman's not going to win it. it. Tatis is just – they're calling and, him the face of baseball. It, it, and, again, I, I don't think that's fair. Agreed. Um, and the Celtics are going to lose this game. Yes. Yes, they are. Well, but unfortunately. Anyway. But to cheer us up – so that was fun. That was quite the uh, the baseball coverage. Yeah. I do want to before we call this a show, we got some football to talk about, man. I love football. Can we just talk about how exciting it is to have football? I don't know if you watched the Thursday night game, but the Chiefs had like, I don't know, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand fans there, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw. It was weird, yep. but they were incredibly loud for that many fans. Certainly wasn't Kansas City like you like you think, but yeah, yeah, not Arrowhead as their reputation, but but fuck all that. 
we there's two main topics that we want to talk about. There's two topics that everybody was talking about. We wanted to see going into this week what was Brady going to look like on the Bucks and what was Cam Newton going to look like on the Patriots. I so here's my take and I I'm very interested to hear your take as well because we're both Patriots fans, we're both Brady fans obviously. Uh we respect Brady. Are you? Uh you know, I, I'm hit or miss with Brady as a, as a player and what he did for the organization and, and everything and how much joy it brought me to, to see him win over the years. Unlike the Celtics who just lost in overtime. Frustrating. Very frustrating. Yeah, that's, that's a tough game to lose. So there, there's a couple things I was looking at. I was really excited about Cam Newton. I'm a Cam Newton fan. I'm excited for his potential. You have to be with Cam. The problem with him is that his injuries, he's a, he's a player that takes a lot of hits. And his shoulder wasn't right. Then his foot wasn't right last year. He couldn't plant with his foot, so he couldn't throw it downfield. Before that, his shoulder was weak, so he just didn't have the strength. And, you know, the guy's 32 years old, so he's been taking some poundings over the years. But one-year deal, not a lot of money invested. Now all of a sudden we have big-name quarterback, and I think also what's cool is that Patriots fans and a lot of fans are finding out what Cam is really all about. He's kind of a polarizing guy. He's super talented. Yep. He's actually a very a, a great individual. He's he's, he's a bit quirky. strange. He's different. Yeah. He's 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 strange as far as like you know he's and he can be off putting at times. He can sulk on the field a little bit. He can. He talks a lot he's, of trash. He's very emotional. Very emotional player. Absolutely. We saw that at the end of the game when he wanted to fight the entire yep. Miami team. Yep. Similar in with emotions with Tom Brady, right? Because Tom Brady was very emotional. Yep. But obviously, completely different ways of going about it, I would say. Yeah, he didn't have the reputation that Cam does. I think there's a lot no. of people that saw Cam from afar. Well, at least in New England, right? You know, outside of New England, a lot of people hate Brady, but they respect him. Oh, yeah. I think he's kind of got that Jeter effect. Oh, absolutely. I, I think most people do. Obviously, yeah. people hate him, but but with um, Cam, Cam just, but he does incredible things behind the scenes. He you know, the giving the ball to the kids every time he scores a touchdown, the things he's done for charity. He does a lot of cool stuff. So he did disappoint me a little bit. I was kind of, he kind of did like a Gronk spike on his first touchdown. And I was kind of hoping he would go to the stands where no one was sitting and flip the ball up to the first row. That would have been pretty cool. <laughs> Just because that that's his thing, cool. but obviously no one's there. Other than that, I was pretty happy though. So some of my takes that, I mean, if you've read any type of coverage about this game, you've, you've undoubtedly read. I think the Patriots were really smart. They brought him in. They did not. They, they used a lot of basic plays. It was kind of a vanilla offense, but it was also, there was some fun stuff in there. And you have to, you have to see what Cam can do. You have to see, you, you have to, it's a really complex offense. He's a different player than Tom Brady. Yeah. He came from Carolina. I saw them incorporate a lot of plays, similar type plays that they did yeah. in Carolina. And it worked. And if it wasn't for Nikhil Harry dropping a gimme in the end zone by not protecting, <clears throat> yeah, Excuse me, by not protecting game, the goddamn ball? The game wouldn't even been that close. It would have been another touchdown. The score would have been even higher. Now, yeah, it's Miami. I think Miami's got more talent than people realize. I think Agreed. that 
Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> is the most Jekyll and Hyde player to ever play the NFL, at least in my lifetime. Guy might light you up for 403 touchdowns, or yeah. the guy might throw three picks in 150. It's yep, yep. He's yeah, just yeah, yeah. He's a gunslinger. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. My take from the first game was Cam looked like Cam. He dominated when he ran the ball. He was strong at the goal line. His arm strength looked really well, really good. He he had some lasers. He hit Edelman on some tight routes. He doesn't really have anybody to throw to. And I yeah, think I, I so. He has like Edelman, who's a Perry. who's a veteran. He'll be there. Yep. But he can't count on the guy to be a 12, 12 catch guy or a ten catch guy. Nikhil Harry, I don't know. The Patriots organization doesn't know. I know. And then outside I, of them, Jacoby Myers. So yeah. I think that they're in play for a, a trade for a wide receiver. They have the most cap room in the NFL. And we've Who's seen Robertson be? and Beckham. Right. So here's my vote. It, Alan Robertson is a bad, bad man. And people don't really know because he has Mitch fucking Trubisky throwing to him. Did you know? That last year, Mitch, Mitch fucking one and zero with the great comeback, and that's a classic Mitch move. He was atrocious for the first three quarters of that game. E- even though my my boy DeAndre Swift dropped that ball in the end zone Oof. with three seconds left, I feel for him, and I, oh man, I want him to do good, and I, yeah, I was, that's a yeah. tough play. You hope he bounces back from it. Fans have been kind of brutal on him. The kid's I'm a rookie. Sure. Yeah. It sucks. First uh, game. It's tough I, to I, lose. Th- that's my only problem. Is I just hope. That's not an easy. I mean, first game of the of your career, and you basically blew the. You cost your team a win, so yeah. hopefully he bounces back from that. And has a big game next week. The thing that sucked for Detroit is they lost their their top three corners, so it was a little yeah. bit easier for Mitch to to yeah. complete some passes when they're into their third string for cornerbacks. But Allen Robinson has, leads the league in uncatchable passes thrown to him. Nice. No wide receiver has had more uncatchable, that's a statistic, passes thrown to him. And he still could do it. That guy is really good. And he has asked for a trade. I know it's wishful thinking. I don't, I'm sure he would command a pretty good package. There's other teams out there that are really hard up for wide receivers. The Saints, we just lost Michael Thomas. Did they really? Th- yeah, three to four games he's out. He'll probably know. go on the IR. But, you know, I mean, they don't have a ton of depth after michael thomas it's really thomas and camara yeah and a bunch of gadget players yeah yeah they, they could use him even after thomas came back so aj I mean, green any, yeah he could be they, they could move on from him because obviously this is this year isn't the Bengals' year i'm surprised they still have him it doesn't matter the, the Bengals are so stupid have you heard <laughs> like how how they do trades it, it's that because again, like they they were the perfect team to sell off last year, and they are just uh, I I've literally read articles. They are like horrible when it comes to trades. So honestly, I think they keep AJ Green because they're idiots. And I think the argument you can make is let Joe Burrows have a veteran wide receiver, which isn't actually the worst argument. But I I just That's think true. they're dumb. Yeah, I, I, agree. I don't think they're a smart organization, and I think they're going to keep them because they're idiots. So anyway. AJ um, Green too might be almost in that Chad Ocho Cinco time of his career where it's like he's talented but he's fading a little bit. He missed all of last season. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, when the Ocho Cinco came to the Patriots, it's just yeah, 
And you got to have the right guy because those offenses are complex. I think AJ Green is better. But with that being said, I, I do. It is always, and granted, it's not a Brady offense. It will be more of a. It won't be as much of a crazy to learn offense. But it has always been an offense hard for wide receivers to pick up. They brought in a yeah. lot of veterans who have not been able to pick it up. And so to bring someone in after training camp, granted there was no preseason, it's going to be tough. So if they do something, they need to do it now. Look look how well Sanu turned out. Agreed. Like That was just not a good trade. Um, I, so Robinson's for, a different maker. My vote is for Allen Robinson. He's young. He's a difference maker. Odell, I don't want Odell at yeah. all. He would probably do really well in this offense because Odell is a short slant, take it to the house kind of guy. And Patriots love to live in that short field with crossing patterns and yep. pick plays and all kinds of stuff. I think he would thrive, but he also likes getting pooped on. So it's, it's really hard yep. to root for Odell Beckham. He's just a, He's such a head case. He's not like he's way beyond what Randy Moss was, in my opinion. Yeah, well, and the problem is too. He he's he's similar to what you think about what Moss was, or like a TO, but not that good. He's not as good. So that he's not that, as good the as those ceiling, two. Ceiling the the uh, he might not even be as much of a head case, maybe as Randy Moss was in his prime. As much as I love Moss, but the ceiling's not there either. So you're talking and again, about two of the good. best wide receivers of all time. Yep. And Odell's good. Don't get me wrong. It's not yep. that if the Patriots got him for a fourth round pick, I'd be like, oh man, but oh, I take it. Yeah. But I, I'm not to your point. I'm not giving up as much for him as I would be for Robinson. Um, yep. w- w- with Cam and the Patriots. though, I did think they looked pretty good. I think McDaniels will be great for Cam. I think he put him in situations to succeed. To your point, not only just about Cam, but just about the wide receivers and offense in general. My, I think it'll be interesting because they are a team built to play ahead and stay ahead. I don't think they're a team to necessarily go down two touchdowns and then have to have Cam air it out. And the one thing that I do hate, and it's just probably me being me, but uh, I feel like James White might not be as effective because... I don't know if Cam's going to look for the dump pass all the time or to do a lot mm. of wire running back screens, which I think is a strength for this team with Burkhead and White. I, but they, I, I will say this too. They used all four quarter, uh, running backs, and they did option plays, you know, mm-hmm. the QB read option. And, and that that worked. So I, I, right, I think they'll be good. It'll be interesting. But, right, it's only one week too, and it's, it's going to be hard. So to go to the other spectrum that you were Dolphins. talking about. And it was the Dolphins, who have a much improved defense, but still, it was the Dolphins. With that being said, there was no training camp. I mean, there was training camp, but right, obviously completely different, no preseason. And I think if that hurt anyone, it hurt Tom Brady. Because Tom Brady is a rhythm guy who has a lot of new shiny toys now and could not play a single even preseason game. I, I think he, more than anyone else, was a little hurt by that. Oh, and you want know, one thing about Cam though. The one difference that, and again, we're comparing him to the greatest quarterback of all time. He did not read the defense as well. I wouldn't say. I mean, of course, he's not going to read the defense as well in general, but pre-snap. So a couple times, uh, he got sacked a couple times on 
plays that I think Brady would have either thrown away or called out of something to make sure he did not get it. Again, you, we also saw Cam run a couple times that Brady would have never did. So you, you take the good with the bad, but that was the one thing I did see about Cam that was a little second and 10. You're taking a nine-yard sack. Now it's third and 19. Kind of blew that drive. Brady was quite brilliant at reading the defense and then calling an audible or change in the play. Yep. You saw him even do it in Tampa Bay yep. with limited time and, and probably not full understanding of the offense. Yep. He, that that was where that was his bread and butter. That's how he could he could just figure out what the defense was doing and then attack their weakness. Yep. And so I, I think uh right, I know people I've read a lot of stuff where Belichick was better than Brady because Patriots won week one and Brady lost week one. I don't necessarily think that to be true. I disagree as well. I, I think Tampa will be better in the second half. I do think it's going to take a little time. Did you um, watch that game? The Tampa I game? watched I watched a good amount of it. So a couple a couple takes. I thought, so Bruce Arians is different than Bill Belichick. Bruce Arians had is no he? problem. Yeah, a little bit. He had no problem saying to the media that Brady blew uh, both those plays. Yeah. Zero problem. And that's that's how Bruce Arians rolls. Like he yep. has no problem calling out his players to the media, and you know Brady admitted it. So, I positives taken from that. Brady had some zip on some of his balls. He threw a beautiful twenty nine yard dime to Chris Godwin in the first yep. on their very first drive that went up down the field. It was on the money. Yep. The other thing was is he practically broke the record for most pass interference yards in a game. It was unreal and when there was pass interference he was actually throwing that ball on the money yeah he, so there he, wasn't like, pass interference they would have made the catch absolutely yeah, evans would have had a much bigger game with two big pass interference calls so i, I mean, we've watched brady for years i i watched that game the saints defense is phenomenal they were very strong last year aggressive aggressive front line and they got after him they sacked him a few times i know it the thing that you have to worry about when you're the Bucs is a 43-year-old guy. You get into week 10, and he's been taking three, four, five sacks a game. It's going to get in his head a little bit. With that said, I think Gronk is washed. I don't. I think Gronk's there to block. I think O.J. Howard's your guy. And I think Brady already sees that. Well, so I'm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I, and again, I, I just kind of go to the fact that it's week one. I do right. agree with you, though, on the fact that Gronk is there to block. I think you're going to see him, the again, the, the more and more we get in, I think you're going to, and honestly, it's probably smart. You don't need to throw it to Gronk 10 times. I mean, you don't need to throw Gronk 10 times ever, but he is a, he's one of those guys you want him in the playoffs. You want him coming down the stretch run. You want him in, goal, in red zone situations because you know he's going to make the catch. Right, he might not have the explosiveness that he once did, but again, I I think they'll slow if they're smart. I think you slow play him in the beginning because it's not like Tampa doesn't have good tight ends with Howard and Brady. And I, and I and I agree with you 100 though. And you saw Brady throw to Howard early, and I think that's good for Howard. And I think that's good for the offense in general. He did go to OJ Howard a lot. He is talented. He reminded me a little bit of how Aaron Hernandez was with the Patriots. So it's almost you got that Gronk Hernandez flashback. And, and what it is is, right, O.J. Howard is a freakish athlete. So I think that will be a really good combo. O.J. Howard yeah. was the most disappointing tight end last year. There was yes. high, high expectations. Yep. And he just 
there, it was kind of a combination of Arians doesn't run a tight end focused offense. He utilizes his off, his tight ends for blocking a lot more, doesn't drop as many pass plays for the tight ends. And so you, you don't expect a ton of play anyway. That's why, again, Gronk is, I mean, he's such an exceptional blocker. It just makes some sense there. Where an occasional, you know, he can wheel out and, and they can hit him for a 10-yard pass if they really need to move the change because he's such a big body. Yeah, But O.J. Howard has that ability. And they said that he's really impressed this year in, in their in, at practice and that he looks more ready to go. So if you, you him, Godwin, and Mike Evans to throw to. And you know, honestly, too, Granted, Gronk has this reputation. I guarantee you Gronk will help O.J. Howard progress because in a lot of ways they're similar. Howard's a little, probably a little more of an athlete, but they both are freak size, and I mean Gronk especially. And I, I bet Gronk is there just as much to try to take Howard to the next level That's as he is there too. to block, as he is there to be that second wide receiver that safety net for Brady. I think all, and again, they have Cameron Brate, who's a pretty good tight end. He's so been a great I, red zone. So he's been their main red zone target over last year yeah. when it comes to tight, like they call his number, not OJ Howard. So yeah, yeah so Brate, I, Brate can't I, be underrated either. Yeah, I think Bruce Arians, I, I, I get it, but he's going to be an idiot if he doesn't use the tight ends this year. Agreed. He's got too much talent there. Yeah. And I think he will, and I think we kind of saw that a little bit. And, and, and quite honestly, I would assume it's still... Brady has a lot of say in that offense anyway. When it, Yeah, when it push comes to shove, absolutely. The thing, honestly, that stood out the most for me is the Bucks made a lot of mistakes. They had a lot of penalties. Yeah. They made a lot of mistakes, and that cost them in key situations. Brady, and, and yeah, on him. And Brady and made it was one on too, him. yeah. He yep. made two big mistakes. Yep. And so be it. You know what? He's done it before. It's He's human. It's going to happen. He read, the, he read it wrong. He tried to make a play, he tried to force a play, and, and he's going to learn from it. But I I saw a lot of good on that field out of him, too. And I think, honestly, that I stand the same, I have the same stance with Brady and Cam. I want to see you in week eight after you've taken some hits, after the season has gone on, because I think they both have higher risk than the average quarterback because Cam has taken so much abuse over the years and Brady's 43. Agreed. So, Agreed. so, so I, I will say the good thing for the Patriots is it's not like Cam Newton in Carolina where this is your franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Patriots have that luxury to use and abuse him, right? Agreed. They're not yep. looking for two years down the line. Tampa, it's a little, it's similar, honestly, but it is a little different because Brady's not built to take a bunch of hits, but he, he also is smart enough generally not to take those hits. And Tampa has um, Josh Rosen now too, so... That's their future cornerstone. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, great. He was so. pictured in the stands during the game, and he looked so fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah. Poor Josh Rosen. Yeah, so. about that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think the Bucks are, are a very good team on both sides of the ball. Their, their, their defense is good. It's well documented. They have a great, strong – Jason Pierre-Paul, they have a Dominican Sue up the middle – and, and uh, some other talented players that I can't think yep. of their name at the moment. Davis, but Yes, yeah. So they're young secondary, but, but have been playing better. The guy who covered Michael Thomas, phenomenal. He, he played Thomas. Really, Thomas had three catches. Yeah, that's pretty Tom, good. <laughs> Thomas was the target leader last year. Yeah. So 
But that's going to be DeAndre Hopkins now after he had 14 catches on 16 targets for 100 billion yards. Yeah. That guy, man. If I, I always say this. DeAndre Hopkins should get 20 targets a game. Guy's yep. awesome. Yep. Agreed. But, you know, the Texans, at least, they looked really good. On, no, wait. No, they didn't. They did not look good at offense at all. No. I mean, they yet. got uh, they, you know, their big their big signing there was um. Who's the who's the wide receiver used to be on the Packers? Uh, exactly. Nobody cares. And he had like two catches. I think catches. they got Sneed <laughs> from New Orleans. Yeah. I mean, David Johnson looked okay. Yeah. He looked better than expected, but he was not DeAndre Hopkins. So. No. No. <laughs> Good for New DeAndre. Flash. Got the David big Johnson contract. Was not DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> I mean, those were the, but the, so Brady and Cam are the two main topics for me. Will, will the, I believe the Patriots will trade for a wide receiver. I wish it was DeAndre Hopkins. It's not going to be DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. I think they that they'll let though. that one get away yeah. because obviously the guy traded him for shit. It, it, and I know they were in that conversation. They were. That, that might be uh, Bill O'Brien saying, I don't want to get hosed by Bill Belichick, so I'll get hosed by Arizona. <laughs> you're, you're probably right. You're That's probably right. We did. Um, some other exciting things that happened yesterday. Josh Allen went for 300 yards, two TDs in the air, and a Russian touchdown. Big game for him. That guy's going to be a lot of fun to watch. He's going to be yep. a gunslinger. Yep. Like a slightly more talented Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to have some uh, really ugly games too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. I feel like he's more talented though. I don't he know is. No, he's slightly. more talented than Ryan Fitzpatrick for sure. Absolutely. And I love a player like him. He's just exciting. He's exciting to play in DFS. Yeah. So. Yep. I did not draft him this year in fantasy. He just, the it, people were kind of reaching for him. And I don't tend to reach in fantasy. I tend to try to take the value that's on the board. And, you know, who's the players that, uh, assessing the players that people are skipping over. You know, I like high, high I love guys. Like, I had Josh Allen last year. Yeah, no, so it so it sucks. So uh, DeAndre Swift was a guy for me, and, and mm-hmm. partially that's just my bias. But I was he was a guy that I'm like I am gonna target him in one of the later rounds, and I wanted to pick him and I had an opportunity, and I then I saw where he was going in all these drafts, and I'm like he's not worth that because you're almost drafting him at a position where okay if he hits his upside it's worth it. That's not what you're looking for. You want to draft a guy saying. If he hits his floor, this pick is worth it. If he hits his ceiling, this is an absolute steal. Right. Um, and, and to your point, and, and I, I was close to picking Josh Allen. That was more just my quarterback strategy. And unfortunately, once I missed him, then I went, okay, I'm not picking quarterback till way later. So I got Breeze and uh, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I, did. B- because, I, right. Who'd once, you start? I started, started Brady. Of course you I did. started Breeze. Did you really? Because it's exact, and, and actually Brady got more points, so shame yeah, on me. But but it's what I said. I I think Brady. I think, granted, it's always hard to go against Breeze too. But I think Brady second half of the year. Once I see the offense start to click, I won't hate that move. Because and, and they have running backs, but I do feel like that team, at least for touchdowns, is going to be more of a passing team. Because yeah. they do have so many tight ends and Mike Evans and Goodwin. They've got oh, so gonna many weapons. Team. It's going to be hard, even in the red zone, to cover. I think they'll do a lot of two tight end sets. It's going to be hard to get everyone. 
Yeah, they're running the ball simply to set up the play action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just—it's just going to be play action, and it's throw it up there, and yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch. Some other fun things that happened yesterday: Russell Wilson, big shootout in Atlanta. Russell Wilson goes thirty-one for thirty-five. That's efficiency. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's crazy efficiency. I would take that. Oh, real quick. So this is what I want to say. Uh, so DeAndre Swift. Totally get it. Very talented guy. Matt Patricia loves to kill talented running backs. Why does he hate on Johnson? I don't know. But on Johnson slides down the depth chart. He drafts this kid. Phenomenal talent. And he says, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to sign Adrian Peterson. <laughs> so Pat Patricia's just very questionable with how he runs. You know, like last year, Carrion was, was the top guy. And he wouldn't get more than like 14 touches a game. It was maddening. And it's going to be the same for Swift. I, I don't, I'm not an NFL coach. I just judge them because, you know, why not? <laughs> but yeah, it, running I backs mean, on Detroit, man. Frustrating. It, it, and this is probably oversimplifying it, but it almost just seems like Patricia's a defense guy. So he's like, just give me all the talent on offense and I'll figure out the defense. So I'm just yeah. going to draft a bunch of skilled players and sign skilled players and they'll make up for just my lack of knowledge on the offensive side and i'll just still carry me and i'll i'll figure out the defense yeah because it is odd and, and even uh them drafting swift i kind of thought was an odd pick although mm-hmm. i do like deandre swift a lot i mm-hmm. do think he'll be he's a very explosive in, in georgia typically doesn't use their running backs to do a lot of pass catching and, and i think <laughs> I say that as he dropped the game-winning touchdown pass, but I I think he'll I think he'll excel there as well. So I, right, I do like the pick ultimately, but I yeah I agree they know more than I do, but I didn't see why you would slide Johnson. I don't know why. I, I mean, I hate Adrian Peterson for other yeah he's a terrible person football. Um, but yeah, why are I mean just give give Swift the ball if you're not gonna. If it, why give it to P- Peterson? I, I I don't know. I know Swift was questionable, so maybe that was why. Yeah, Carryon's talented, man. I don't know. It's a strange I, one. Yeah. Players have you know, coaches have their systems. Coaches have their preferences. You know, De- that's why DeAndre Hopkins is is in Arizona. So yeah, <laughs> strange preference. It was it was a fun week one. There's a lot of scoring. I thought you know what was interesting was there was no training camp. I mean, there was no preseason. Didn't look like they needed it, honestly. No, so that is the encouraging thing. So I would say give it another week or two. But mm-hmm. I will say they talked about in baseball with having the shore and spring training and kind of higher leverage games that you were going to see a lot of injuries, and that did hold true. This year there have been a lot of injuries, minor injuries, right? Not a ton of like season ending, but there have been a lot of minor injuries. So my fear of football, especially, right, you don't have that preseason that you're not going to be ready, and it might be the opposite. They might just be a little more fresh because of that. So hopefully the injuries stay low. And, uh, I mean, if that's the case, I think this is a perfect transition to, at minimum, at least do only two preseason yeah. games. Um, yeah. So hopefully, yeah. It would be interesting. Uh, like you said, week two, well, you know, how will Brady adapt was this a sign of i mean he's in a new team new organization new everything you, you, there's gonna be and then you go into new orleans typically yeah. a tough place to play there's no fans so not yeah. really 
but their defense is really tough. And so I'm really interested to see some week twos with, with both Brady and Cam, obviously. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it, yeah. it's nice to have football back. It really it's, is. It's really nice to have football back. One other thing, probably the last thing that I wanted to, to, to hit on for football was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has taken a lot of shit over the last couple of years, and in some cases, rightfully so. But last yesterday, he threw up four touchdowns and 350 yards and was just unbelievable to watch. Now, Minnesota's secondary as a whole was kind of shit. They, they've been known over the past few years to have a strong defense, but this year going in, there was always the assessment is that Kirk Cousins might be throwing a little bit more because he's going to be playing from behind a little bit more, and Rodgers just tore them apart. He was hitting yeah. everybody, but he was also hitting tight windows. The pass to the, to the side of the end zone where Devontae Adams made an unbelievable catch and toe tap, but also just the Rodgers on the run, throwing on the run, I was, it was that was to me was the throw of the day. That was awesome. Yep, yep. Yeah, no, he put on a clinic. I mean, that was that was Aaron Rodgers in a nutshell right there. Which is good for football when it Aaron Rodgers is. is not washed up, so they say. Yeah, I think the problem is I don't think Rodgers has even been washed up. I think he gets banged up, yeah. and I, his weapons aren't as good anymore. They just aren't. He's got he, bad weapons. He's got an offense, a, a coach who's who wants to run an offense that Rodgers doesn't necessarily like. Again, story yeah. of Rodgers' life. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's he's so talented. His arm is so great. But yeah, he, he takes some hits. He gets beat up. He's had some injuries over the years that probably he probably has some arthritis or something in some areas. So overall, great great first week for football. It was, yeah, it was. I know, it's, and I'm surprised because I feel like they're faking the test results because I don't know how they <laughs> half the teams don't have COVID, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> not one case. I, Unbelievable. Not, yeah, uh, yeah, are you are you kidding me? It's just like none of them are on steroids. Yeah, that yeah, that's exactly it. Because that's <laughs> they're like, oh hey, uh, take this swab. And then they just the guy who's doing the test swabs himself. Okay, you're cleared. Good. There's, there's. I don't see how that's even possible. If mm. every other area has been getting it and they're not doing a bubble, there's no way. But anyway, and there's more players on football teams than any other team. But you know what? Fine. I enjoy watching it. It's all good yeah. with me. I love it. I'm into it. It's fine. Yeah. I was gonna I talk won't... about basketball after the football, yeah, but I'm a little depressed now that the Celtics lost in overtime. And so I think I think we've done enough. I think we talked a lot about baseball, a lot about football. It was a good first show back. It feels good to be back. I look forward to next week talking about week two. Yep, and hopefully better news on the Celtics. I, you know what their problem is? They can't win at home. <laughs> they didn't win any at home against the Raptors. They the home won the is heat. weird. It's what? just weird. You got like a little Wayne smoking in the background. and. <laughs> It's just like, I don't know. It's just, just I mean, I think the Celt actually basketball as a whole has done the best of kind of keeping a more of a fan type atmosphere. There's football, just they had the crowd noise and it's fine and it didn't really bother me, but then they pan out and it's just empty seats and it kind of just looks weird. Yeah. I, I like the baseball cardboard cutouts. I absolutely Those are hate fun. The virtual fans. Those are the worst. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the NBA has done a good job. I'm right. I'm kind of just busting. 
But I, I will say this. They, there's some good matchups. Obviously, we're waiting on Game 7 of mm-hmm. uh, Clippers-Nuggets, but it would be awesome to see Clippers-Lakers. Heat-Celtics is a is a good matchup, too. We could Two have really a Celtics-Lakers final. Could have a Celtics-Lakers final. Could have a Celtics' Doc medal is already being tested. They're down one against a pretty talented yeah. team. I kind of think they need Gordon Hayward back. Yeah, or Kemba not to suck. Kemba um, needs to not suck, too. Uh, Marcus Smart has looked awesome. It, it's going to be tough for me tomorrow to tell Tyler the Celtics lost. Because there was no one. That's why I didn't have kids, Pat. There was no one not. There was no one that was not drunk that woke up at 2 a.m. after game seven to at that was more excited than Tyler Cullen when I told him that they won game seven. <laughs> so um, it's not going to be a fun conversation. Hopefully I get to work before he wakes up. These are the um, tough conversations you got to have yeah. as a dad. Yep, but uh, uh, Smarts looks really good. Um, at, but you could have a Doc Celtics championship. A lot of storylines, man. You could have a Heat Lakers, old LeBron or first championship LeBron yep. team, and Spolstra yep. versus uh, LeBron. So yeah, there really are. You could have um, Celtics Lakers with Rajon Rondo. Playing yeah. his former team. That's nobody cares about that storyline. Let's just be honest. And then you could have the Nuggets, which would just screw things up. Yeah. Every so. time I've counted LeBron out, man, and I don't really, you know me, I don't really ever count LeBron out. Yeah. He's had a. They've had a couple games where the the LA or the Lakers had a couple games where they didn't look great, and then they just came back and just smashed. So yeah, as long I, as him and Anthony Davis are on that floor. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. You, yeah. You're not counting that team out. Nope. Not that it's inconceivable, but you're not counting them out. And I, I agree with you. I, I think the Celtics could use – and it's tough because they actually really looked good, and they had the lead most of the game today. So, right, they've lost a couple heartbreaking ones um, in the playoffs so far. I I would say uh, getting Gordon Hayward back, even if he just plays 15 minutes, mm-hmm. to have that extra depth piece coming off the bench – I think would be huge. The, the way if he can come back and play the way he's played this year, I mm-hmm. think that's a big boost. And, it's and another I, big wing that can yeah. pass well and shoot well that you got to cover. That changes things dramatically. Absolutely. Personally, I still think the Celtics are the better team without him. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that is kind of based on the fact that if Kemba, Kemba can will, shoot, I don't think Kemba fine. can be this bad. One of the best shooters in the league is just not making any shots. If you yeah, so if you blindfolded me, I would think Kemba is Marcus Smart, and Marcus Smart is Kemba right now. I know. And I will write, Marcus Smart has improved his shooting a lot. He's no longer the, oh, my God, don't throw that shot up there anymore. If he mm-hmm. has an open Oh, the hero chucker? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, hero he's ball not, is the worst. He's not there anymore. He is a better shooter. But, um, yeah, it's just Kemba has got a he, – he doesn't even have to be – hundred percent just make some of those shots and that game one would have been different so but yeah no it's it's great and again this is kind of an awesome sports time because covid's kind of screwed things up but at least right now because you have the nba playoffs maybe hockey playoffs are still going on what yeah yeah exactly sure um the bruins are out uh i think to summarize everything i'll just say sports yeah yeah but but I I'll, I'll summarize it a little better. Uh, good sports, 
good sports. Yeah, good sports. Good sports. Because All the sports great. are good right now. B- baseball is going to be in playoffs in less than two weeks, so you got the stretch run. You got the uh, conference finals in the NBA. Any NFL is good, so good time for sports in general. So just to have sports is a blessing right now. So, but the fact that like we've got some really intriguing stuff going on is just makes it that much better. Yeah, absolutely. So, with that said, I think that's I think that's what we got. Good show, yeah. good um, stuff to talk about. There's plenty yeah. more we could always talk about, but you know, some people got to go to bed. Yeah, sucks we didn't have Doug. Uh, Pepe was supposed to be on the show, but he he didn't know how to not stare at the mirror and be on the computer at the same time we, we tried explaining that he could move the mirror but he didn't want to take the time and effort to not stare at his face in the mirror so we're not exactly sure if he'll ever be back on at this point until he figures out the mirror situation or maybe we'll just give him a picture he really of himself. admires himself is yeah. the translation there but we missed him we missed having both those guys on hopefully next mm-hmm. week I mean, Free to disagree. Eh, yeah, I, I think the show went fine. We'll let everybody be the judge. Anyway, yep. so we still we're still out there on Twitter. We still have a Twitter. Follow us at ma sports pod, and we also have an official website masportspod.com. Yeah, please check that out. Did did tweet that uh, the uh, infamous three zero Fernando Tatis grand slam, which was one of the stupidest things I've ever heard about. Oh, not... people getting upset about it. Yeah. Yeah, stupid. So I, so I Get just over it. T- tweeted this, uh, the uh, or I retweeted something. The Padres, since that incident, have had the best record in all of baseball, and the Texas Rangers have had the second worst. <laughs> so I, you got it what's adds up to you. me, man. Makes sense. Yep. You know what, fan? You know what, kids? Flip your bats, show off. You know what? If they don't like it, tell them to strike you out the next time. To an extent, don't do that when you're down by eight. I no, hate yeah. That. Don't do that. Don't be a um, dick, but have some yeah. fun. Yes, that, 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 that very You're well said. You're entertainers for crying out loud. Just have that some is, fun. Don't that be is a very, dick bag either. You, you said it perfectly. Don't be a dick, but have some fun. With that said, um, we'll leave with, that with that said, one note, folks. Yep, and, and check out the website. Dave did do a really good job with it, so please Aww, check that out. Thanks, guys. Well, Pat, <laughs> not the other guys. Yeah. And uh, with that said, we're out of here. We'll see you next time.